First You Think is a not-for-profit ministry of the First Unitarian Church of Des Moines. Support us at ucdsm.org today. My name is Sandra Morrigan, Sandra she, they, and I am to the gender spectrum as Juxera. Latin word, it means new and near to a lady. I am with being called a girl, but not a woman. I am comfortable with being all that is with a little spice of everything that is. Like the rainbow, there isn't just one aspect of anything I fixate on. But in the end, I tell people that I'm Isa. That's all. Don't have to worry about anything. When we speak of pagans and pride, is the combination of things. Combining the month of June's pride with that. That's what June is. It's pride. It's ours. And with my community alongside being pagan. But I actually don't really like the word pagan. There are those in my belief realm that have reclaimed it, much like other different communities and marginalized communities have claimed certain words. Because it was often used by early Christians as a targeting word for persecution. But as ignorance was commonplace then, it still can be now. Pagan simply means something very, very simple. It means you don't follow Christianity, Judaism, or Islam. That's it. You can be Hindu, Buddhist, Wiccan, witchy, whatever. Follow many gods, whatever. It just means you're not those three, really. And I don't need a word to tell me what my beliefs are. I was raised in rigid fundamentalist Christianity, abused by it, and freed myself in my young adult years. I can use words. I can give you quotes. I can intellectually stimulate you with why other people validate what I think or do. That is, after all, what our hierarchy basically is. A bunch of people saying you're not full of crap, charge you 50 grand, and everyone smiles and nods. I played that game. I spent two years in information technology right after high school, and then dot-com crashed. This was 1998 when I graduated. Yes, I'm getting old, sorry. Um, nope, I didn't want to do that. I then got a degree in psychology, and then when I graduated, they told me, oh, you're going to make $12 an hour, and basically liberal arts psych degrees are toilet paper. So, no. No, didn't do that either. That was done. Yeah. So, um, that was 2007. I went in to study things with my beliefs, and I got a doctorate in metaphysics. Then people were like, huh, what are you going to do with that? What can you actually do with that? What does it even mean? So after all that, I decided to be a massage therapist. <laughs> In the midst of deciding what I wanted to do when I grew up late, I became a parent to my beautiful daughter, Bella. She's 10. Went through a divorce and then figured out why I couldn't grow up into the careers in life I wanted to. I wasn't me. I studied under, under a Wiccan high priestess for three and a half years, joined groups, found a groups, that is, after all, what brought me to First Unitarian, the CUPS group. Uh, but in 2016, I discovered I didn't fit into any criteria because I wasn't happy. Um, I was an empty shell. Never full because my body was telling me something that I wasn't. 
In the transgender community, we often compare ourselves with the metamorphosis of the butterfly. Always feeling like the ugly caterpillar, you know, fuzzy crawls, leaves slime residue, yuck. Fuzzy, unkept and stuck, and then I blossomed into my truest form. I became alive, excited and driven to reconnect myself to what I believed and what I was becoming. So being here at this church allows me to have a, state, a safe space to experience that. After participating in the Transgender Inclusivity Workshop in April and May this year, I was embraced with what I already knew but validated by the speakers in the videos that said, being transgender shapes unique spiritual gifts and abilities because we, as transgender people, are forced into rebirth. We are placed in a unique situation where we must go into very intense, introspective discernment of who and what we are. This discernment oftentimes falls us from an early age. In 1987, the word transgender was not available to me. This was before internet and before technology really existed. At seven years old, my family was trying to figure out if I was gay and I endured conversion therapy to help them make sure of it. Yeah, no fun. That's what, where I start from here, is that this safe space where I can contribute comes from a place of service. In my beliefs, I have battled what to follow, what to be, what ritual to do for this or that. In pagan rituals, I often have found that I'm more comfortable when the moon is new. That means that you can't see it. So that means there's no substance. It means I can do whatever I want to do versus when it's full, it has a structure. Because there is no form, no restriction in the new moon, you can do whatever you want and wish for whatever you want. That is actually a very integral part of what we do in ritual is we get to wish for whatever we want and make our wish come true. But at the core of what I was trained in, taught and studied, educated and followed is this. Only I am responsible for what happens to me. There is no creed, no God, no divine force that I can blame if something amiss happens to me. Next, because I don't live in a cave or underground hidden castle somewhere. Yes, I'm sorry, this princess is in another castle. If you laughed, I love you, you're a nerd, thank you. Therefore, since I decide sometimes begrudgingly to exist in the real world with other people, I accept that I must compensate and adjust other humans around me. It's just meh. While I'd love to be flying around, no, not on a broomstick. However, Back to the Future lied to me, lied. Flying cars are now a decade late. So to me, in the totality of my experiences, the world is measured in vibration. We already know vibration exists. We can prove it, right? A car hums, bass thumps, radios have waves, signals are transmitted, cell phones have carrier towers. We are surrounded each and every day by vibration. The musical ones in this room, the chants, you know certain notes have a certain frequency. 
Cs, Ds, all of them, they all have different frequencies. Therefore, they vibrate at a certain way. You sing, everyone who's sung the chant. You are experience being pulled up because your vocal cords resonate and you hear other people around you create similar sounds. So we have proven just now that frequency and vibration exists. This isn't a pagan belief. This is science. So science, science has experiments, a hypothesis, a process. Energy exists in every single one of us, you and me included. Belief without application to me is hocus pocus. What do your beliefs do for you? How do they apply to your life? They have to apply to me or they don't work. My first mentor, my high priestess from Virginia, her name's Millie Knox. Millie and I were having a discussion about something that was bothering me at work at the time. I had made a stupid decision, surprise, and I blew, it blew up in my face and got me in trouble. She proceeded to ask me a simple, very simple question. She said to me, so that didn't work out for you, did it? Of course, I was pissed off at the time and sitting there like, well, Avi. And said, so you don't know like how you're feeling about this? You know, you don't like the feelings that you're going through? Yes, obviously. Then don't do it. Huh? Just don't do it. Don't do it ever again. If it didn't work for you, why are you going to keep doing the same thing? So later in life, I have adapted something very simple as and universal. You can take this, steal it. I don't care. Ask yourself a question. If you do not have a toddler jumping up and down saying yes, 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 to the answer to this question, the answer is no. That's it. Simple. If it's not a yes like that, then it's a no. It could be a maybe. If you want to pause it and say maybe, that's fine. But generally speaking, the answer is no. It means you're not ready for it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But having things where, you know, yeses in your life should give you joy, give you excitement, give you connection to whatever you're doing. You want the yes. And if it's not a yes, it's a no. And then you move on. It just means it's not, it's not meant for you. That's all. So let me jump here. Next page. Yes, I have another page. Sorry. This is why everyone feels things differently. When you feel that's a vibration, when you're sad, you're heavy, you're depressed, upset, you feel like you're weighted down, right? That's a low vibration. It's not fun. When you feel out of control, like those of you who are insane and like those centrifugal force rides at the amusement park, you know, when they go ahead and spin you round and round and drop the floor out from under you. No, thank you. I'll puke. Um, but for those of you who enjoy that type of anxiety, that is anxiety. That is high vibration. And some of us like the floor being dropped out from under us. This is their thrill. And some of us cannot stand to be driving slow behind the semi on 235 and wondering when we can go around them and do something else. Yes, I see you. Different experiences shape that vibrations feel good or they don't feel good. And each one of us can say that some time ago, we enjoyed the roller coasters and the zappy rides. Now I get dizzy going on the freaking swings. 
So beliefs like this sometimes get stuck. Is there a God? Is there this? Why would this or that want a relationship with me? I skip to the most important one for me anyway. Why am I here? Why do I exist? This can answer the ones that have the God one in them. This question answers everything at once very simply. I exist to have a soul experience that teaches me lessons and everyone else is doing the same thing. Before I turn it over to Gwen, my wifey, with this last thing, I'm going to ask everyone to have a pondering thought. If there is one thing in your life, just one, that is repeating to you, it is a theme, what is that? For you, what is that one thing that keeps coming up? What is that pain that comes back? What is that life experience? What is your trip up? Betrayal, deception, loss. We call that your core wound. And it is your greatest teacher. And it is also how you can impact and contribute most. As part of the summer service series, you know, we get this like question thing, we're supposed to follow this thing and answer these questions. I was asked, where do I see the church in years to come? I hope through my contribution and your contribution, we connect with one another in this interdependent web of life through authentic and shared experiences that allow us to simply be. Like me, just Isa. That's it. I honor the place in you where the divine expression resides. When we stand together in that energy, that vibration, we are one. Namaste. Good morning, everyone. My name is Gwen Hope, and thank you all for joining us today. This is both the summer solstice service, or at least adjacent, considering technically the solstice was a couple days ago. And it's also the final week of Pride Month. As a queer trans woman and a pagan, both observances are very meaningful to me. My queerness, in particular my transness, are incredibly intertwined in my life. Now, a little bit, just to touch on the solstice, a lot of the way a lot of pagans look at the solstice is both the coming to fruition of that which was planted in the spring, um, at least in terms of becoming bountiful life that's now growing and kind of the, the surge of everything as all the sun's energy, oh, oops, sorry, as all the sun's energy and water and everything else in nature kind of surges into all the plants and the animals and then you know, later, we now, at the, the crux of the year, are starting on that downward decline towards the full harvest and then the winter, which everyone here just absolutely loves, right? Um, so when I first fell into the orbit of this church and community, it was because of Cubs. What allowed me to maintain this orbit was the ability to practice my pagan you know, beliefs with like-minded others. Pagan beliefs are, in fact, very compatible with Unitarian Universalism. Paganism, like UU beliefs, aren't monolithic and are, in fact, very far from it. 
what I am is known as an eclectic pagan, meaning I forge my own paths, beliefs, and practices, but the larger pagan community is varied. Many pagans feel a desire for their ancestral practices. As Christianity became the dominant religion in Europe, often spread by force of arms, a lot of practicing pagan cultures were converted, slaughtered, or sometimes both. Catholicism in those areas often incorporated some pagan iconography or practice just to try to make the conversion a little more palatable to those communities. Yet the living traditions, the oral traditions, were lost. Our understanding of these ancient practices and cultures survives frequently via accounts written by Christian monks who often saw their, these other cultures in their own heavily skewed subjectivity. In the modern age, those pagans who strive to reconstruct the faith of their forebears are known as reconstructionists and often devote themselves to a specific pantheon. Like North and Germanic reconstructionists will often venerate different cultural variations of Odin and Freya and Thor and Loki. And while Celtic reconstructionists may, may venerate Keronus or Brigid or Danu or Rhiannon or the Morrigan, um, and Greco-Roman adherents may venerate Zeus or Hera or Athena or Poseidon or Artemis or Hecate, um, yet others combine these deities together. Many have heard the term uh, Wiccan or Wicca. Wicca, like you, you believes, is a syncretic faith means it incorporates aspects of many other belief systems together. Wiccan sects and liturgies vary heavily. While some are kind of duotheistic, focusing on a preeminent goddess representing basically the whole of life and nature, and the god representing strength, power, material goods, and wildness, and kind of like a chaotic energy that kind of helps set everything in initiation. Some sects devote themselves to only one of those, and some don't even recognize the other half. This morning's chalice lighting was an excerpt taken from the Charge of the Goddess, which has become one of the very few near-universal texts in Wicca. The opening line of the goddess of the charge is very explicit in how syncretic it defines the goddess. It says, listen to the words of the great mother of who of old was called Artemis, Astarte, Diana, Melusine, Aphrodite, Cerdwin, Dana, Arianrod, Isis, Brida, and many other names. And this perspective heavily influenced the development of modern pagan beliefs. One of the most poignant lines of the charge as a queer person is as radical as it is simple. For behold, all acts of love and pleasure are my rituals. This line spells out so succinctly and powerfully a different form of divine worship, of veneration, of sacred action. Not only does it speak to interpersonal love between people, but it also speaks to self-love, and it does so inclusively. This is very different from the beliefs a lot of us were raised with out here in the Bible Belt. In many ways, those beliefs many of us were taught, that I was taught, were ones ultimately of self-hatred. Growing up, I struggled with, and I still struggle with, poor self-esteem. While I was mostly a straight-A student, I excelled on paper and bombed everything else. To this day, I still feel compelled to interject random facts into conversations as I felt growing up because the only thing I had to offer was intellect, and no one else saw anything else worth befriending. My parents taught me the only things that mattered were doing well in school and Jesus. 
these were few places, there were few places of true solace and connection I had. Nature was one of those places, which is ironic for a redhead whose skin cannot tan and only burns, wanting to go out and get lost in the woods. And that is why the SPF 50 was invented. This deep spiritual connection to nature was something I always felt, but I didn't consciously understand what I was connecting with spiritually until my late teens. This connection is what I, what drew my functional, functionally agnostic atheist post-Christian self to paganism, where I felt a place to connect with what gave me joy and connection. Yet something else was burgeoning inside me that pushed its way through a lifetime of self-hatred and misunderstood feelings and subconscious behaviors that became oh so very clear in my late teens, which would be my feminine gender. So upon, so returning to when I first fell into the orbit of this church in this community, I was both a fledgling pagan and a fledgling woman. Enjoined in the sense that I had only been a, a young adult for a short time and nearing the beginning of my transition into the woman that you see here before you. This juxtaposition of belief and identity was now being consciously developing and co-evolving for the first time in my life. However, my initial orbit was high and brief. While my paganism allowed me to honor and venerate my femininity and my inner goddess, the community I found initially held exclusive parts to it, for which trans women weren't natural or welcome or true women. And for this reason, I fell out of orbit with this community for many years. It was only after rejoining uh, the rejoining of my then partner, now spouse, in 2019, which returned me to a closer orbit with this church. After summoning much courage, we both, because we had both experienced some exclusion in the past, we returned to extremely active CUPS membership last year and have since led multiple rituals. My connection to nature, the honoring coexistence in this web of life, gives meaning to my life in a profound way. It has saved my life in some of the darkest places I've been. So it breaks my heart that greater society, and unfortunately, like some of the pagan traditions that have developed in that society, uh, though they are more generally accepting of freedom for heterosexual intimacy and typically more feminist, were and are often are still steeped in queer phobia and gender essentialism. And this stings even more because we know that our ancestors our pagan ancestors historically weren't strictly cisgender heterosexuals either. Many cultures and societies accepted same gender intimacy and attracted in attraction in various ways. Many cultures also had gender variant folks that may be comparable to modern trans and non-binary identities, but we'll never truly know. Hell, one of the oldest recorded stories we know, the Epic of Gilgamesh, is probably the queerest muscle jock bromance you'll ever, ever read. So, to end my time here with a preference for our closing chant, this chant is probably the most popular in the Wiccan community and the pagan community that exists. It is sometimes called the pagan birthday song uh, because of how ubiquitous it is. Despite how loved it is, many don't realize that the person who wrote it was also an infamous transphobe, a founder of a trans-exclusionary woman-only Wiccan tradition, which has been so explicit in the recent years that a lot of the, the people who followed in her path have actually been going heavily away from that in various covens across the U.S. 
And so today I want us to close by reclaiming it for our congregation and our community to say that we all do come from the goddess of whom most pagans mean nature as a feminine persona, meaning nature herself, life herself. <laughs>